The Leech Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leech Report or email leechreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Good Tuesday, everybody. Welcome in to the show. Glad you're on board for the next hour of uh, UK Sports Conversation with Larry Vaught joining us in the first half and Dave Baker in the second half. And that's what we have on tap today and a lot to discuss after yesterday's unanimous Supreme Court decision that uh, will lead into our Wildcat News of the Day presented by Kentucky Beer Cheese. And the Supreme Court, in a 9-0 ruling yesterday, um, struck down the NCAA's argument in a case involving uh, former West Virginia player and, and other players who uh, were arguing for greater educational-related benefits. You know, you could get uh, lap the school could provide laptops, or players could get. Uh, postgraduate scholarships or summer internships that might be paid and things like this related to their education. But uh, so it was a, a, a narrow ruling in that area, but is, the way these things work is it's in the opinions that are written by the justices, and in this case there were two, uh, there was a concurring opinion from Justice Kavanaugh where he wanted to go even in further than the rest of the justices, but that's what people look for in establishing the precedent uh, you know not to get too deep in the legal weeds but you know they're looking for uh, language in the justice's ruling that tells them what the court is thinking about other such cases that might come their way whether it's on this particular topic or, or others and it certainly uh, from everything you read and here seem to uh, op- push the door wide open for further challenges to uh, the NCAA's model of doing business and if you leave that door open there are going to be a lot of people that uh, come through it so now you've got next week end of next week a handful of states name image and likeness laws go into effect other states like kentucky don't have such laws and today and tomorrow the ncaa's division one council is meeting uh, the athletic had a story yesterday that said, uh, quote, multiple high-ranking administrators didn't think the D1 Council should vote on NIL until the Supreme Court ruled on this Alston case, which now they've done. The D1 Council's meeting today and tomorrow. Now, there's a story at sportsillustrated.com, si.com, that says now no vote is expected this week, according to their sources, because there is a proposal that some conference commissioners, including Greg Sankey of the SEC, have put together uh, and it's, it gives a lot more latitude to athletes than what uh, the NCAA had uh, been proposing back in January. And some of those restrictions would seemingly fly in the face of yesterday's Supreme Court ruling. So now you've got uh, this group of commissioners that is uh, putting, putting forth this proposal to um, give more freedom to athletes and put fewer restrictions on this. That would seem to be in line with what the court was saying yesterday. But there's far from any consensus on it. So a 
According to this SI story, the feeling is they'll discuss this, and then maybe they uh, would vote next week. And so the the idea is that try to get everybody uh, in some form of a level playing field by July 1st when these uh, states' laws go into effect. So we'll just have to see how it uh, how it plays out. But it is uh, a little chaotic at the moment. In fact, in the SI story is a quote from Lynn Elmore, who's a lawyer and a former star athlete, broadcaster for many years on CBS. Uh, he said, quote, this is bordering on chaos for them, talking about the NCAA, which could have been avoided. Action should have been taken a long time ago. That's from Lynn Elmore. So it's going to be a big story to follow in the, uh, not just the coming weeks, but really just the, the coming days for college athletics. Now, on to another topic, Game 2 of the NBA's Western Conference Finals coming up tonight with the Suns looking to take a 2-0 lead on the L.A. Clippers. Yesterday on um, the uh, ESPN show that he ho- co-hosts, uh, Stephen A. Smith had a pretty strong assessment of Devin Booker's game. Here's what he said. Devin Booker is the next Kobe Bryant. Yep, yep. I'm saying it on national side. Devin Booker said it. is the yes. next yeah. Kobe Bryant. Yeah. It okay. is official. His first playoff, his first playoff appearance, and the brother's a number one option, averaging over 28, dropped 40 in a triple-double in the first game of the conference finals. <laughs> this And just the way he plays, he's an assassin. And guess what? This Clippers team, you need Kawhi back to knock that kid off. That was Stephen A. Smith yesterday, and as you could tell, he got no pushback. And the first guy who said, yep, that was Magic Johnson, who was sitting in with them yesterday. Uh, so pretty uh, – it didn't get much stronger than that in terms of praise for the former Wildcat, Devin Booker. Links to the stories that we talk about can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page. That is at TomLeachKY.com. Heading to a break. Larry Vaught will join us when we come right back. We're coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. Their new downtown Lexington location is open for great uh, food. Let's grab a quick uh, drink on a hot day. They're right across from where all that construction is going on at Rupp Arena uh, on Main Street. And if you're working downtown or have somebody stay in downtown, check it out. We'll be right back. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. Back into the show for Tuesday. Larry Vaught joins us from Vaughtsviews.com and YourSportsEdge.com. Uh, Larry, what's your take on uh, the Supreme Court decision yesterday? I'm probably not smart enough to have a great take <laughs> other than <laughs> uh, other than, other than to know it's going to change things for a long, long time and going forward if you if you had any doubts about the name, image, and likeness <laughs> coming into full effect, that's just probably told you, uh, okay, it's, it's going to get here because why this just, as far as I can tell, it applies to educational opportunities and enhancements when it's nine to zero that's a pretty clear message especially when you read some of the things that justice had to say shannon and i were talking about this uh, off the air before the show started today um and i don't know if you have any knowledge of what the rules are related to high school players because everything kind of moves down 
uh, in these kind of things, whether it's style of play or, or other you know, changes in, in policy or administration, pros to college to high school. And, yeah, I just think of a guy like a Reed Shepard, obviously, uh, in you know Laurel County and a car dealership wants him to be do a commercial for their car dealership, that kind of thing. I imagine that's one of the points that if Julian Tackett didn't have enough to keep him awake at night, that's probably going to help keep him awake at night the next few months trying to figure that out because obviously high school athletes can have summer jobs, part-time jobs, and all like that, but I don't know of any that have had endorsements or, I mean, some of these high-level high school players, I mean, you could see shoe endorsements. Well, think about Zion Williamson, all the followers he had in high school on social media. Yeah, so I'm I'm sure that that is coming, and that's probably going to be something that high school athletic associations, I don't know whether they'll model it after what the colleges do or whether it'll just be even more wide open and there won't be any any kind of uh, regulations or anything, protocols to follow there, because I don't know nationally you could ever get all the high school athletic associations to agree, but you got to feel like it's coming once it gets put in place full-time with with the colleges. you got to feel like it's coming to the high schools then, too. Because the thing that I assume kept it in check for high school athletes is the fact that if you, you know, Zion had struck a deal with a shoe company, uh, to endorse something on social media, it would have made him ineligible to play college sports. Well, if you can take that money as a college athlete, you certainly should be able to take it as a high school athlete. That's exactly right. And, and, you, and you, I mean, I'm just contemplating now uh, which schools might have the most resources that could provide uh, a revenue stream for a high school athlete. If you think we've seen a lot of transfers recently on the high school I got a feeling when all this happens, we may see a lot, lot more. It's uh, interesting, um, you know, when you think, start to think about all the different directions this could go, and some of them won't, inevitably won't be good. I mean, I was reading a story, I've read so many different things, I forget where this was, but it was saying that there could be some, you know, unintended consequences for supporters of uh, the athletes in this model in that. You know, it could uh, ultimately lead to schools focusing more on the sports that bring in revenue and having to, um, you know, maximize the the money that's generated there rather than spreading it out over a variety of scholarships and programs that uh, are not generating revenue so that sports could be cut and scholarships. Yeah, that sounds like something that will be a real fun topic for the Title IX legislation also when you get into something like that. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's just going to become a a, a bottom line, and and you're going to do what you can do to make your sports program the best you can, whether you're in college or high school. And, yeah, I don't envy the folks who are going to get to be trying to figure all that out as as we go along. I mean, you, you look at a place like University of Kentucky, they're having enough trouble themselves right now. Look at the staff and the resources they have. So I can't imagine what it's going to be like when this all filters down through the high school systems. Yeah, or smaller colleges that don't generate as much revenue. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point, too. Even though it may not impact them as much because maybe there won't be a whole lot of uh, extra money available for endorsements and all for, for smaller colleges like so I don't know how that's going to do, but it, it could also make a huge difference, too, because if you get one or two businesses that, that do provide some endorsements, suddenly a small college might become 
pretty attractive to an athlete that before it wouldn't have. Yeah, I mean, a small, you know, a guy who's an alum of a smaller college, you know, Murray, Moorhead, Eastern, uh, you know, we're just throwing out colleges here in Kentucky, Bellarmine, uh, that, you know, a, 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 an alum who owns a car dealership or some other business, you know, might be willing to uh, pay some of uh, some endorsement money. Now, the other thing, we'll get into this when uh, Dave Baker joins us in the second hour, second half of the hour, because he uh, does uh, works in the sales area. You just wonder how much money is going to be available to players, male, female, whatever, because you look at, at volleyball, those uh, players could have uh, earned probably a, a good bit of money uh, doing a lot of autographs. Yeah, they, they sure could have. And then you also wonder, too, will, will something from this come out to where, okay, sports like volleyball and baseball and softball are going to get more scholarships to give? Because, I mean, they all have such limited number of scholarships where they have to juggle rosters around now. They, I'm sure would all love to have more scholarships if they could. Well, that'd be something that'll lead out of this, too. So there's there's so many different ways it, it could go. I mean, I, I think right now that baseball have 12 scholarships. Is that what they have? At most, I was thinking it was more like 11 point something. Well, that might be true. And to try to balance who gets to third, who gets to fourth, who gets to half, and, and who do you risk giving a full scholarship to? I mean, those, I don't know how you ever manage those numbers. So all, all that may change through all of this too. So it's, it's, it's pretty, I guess in one word, fascinating or perplexing. I, I don't know what the right word is, but glad I don't have to figure it all out. If you're a legal scholar, it's fascinating. If you're in college administration, it's perplexing and a lot of other adjectives. (laughs) That's a good point. Good point. (laughs) Quick break here. We'll come back with Larry Vaught uh, from Vaughtsviews.com here on the Leach Report. Find out more about the voice of the cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. We're back with Larry Vaught from VaughtsViews.com, YourSportsEdge.com. I see where um, Mineral Mound Golf Course, the state's going to rename that the Cullen. I'm guessing that pleased you to say that news. Absolutely. It's a a wonderful uh, tribute to to, to Cullen Brown. And I believe we may see something coming out soon from the uh, Barbasol. That may be something they might be going to do special. Oh, great. uh, to, To honor Cullen's legacy when their event gets here next month. Um, it's a very, very much deserved honor. We talked about a couple of stories that of yours folks can find at vaultsfuse.com. Uh, one is you talked to uh, the high school coach of Martez Thrower, player that could find himself in the mix for some playing time as a freshman. Yeah, and, and Rob Stowe was a guy that's uh, coached quite quite a while in South Carolina and Georgia and has had several uh, Division One players, several SEC players, and says that Martez is certainly the uh, – most talented and best player that he's had and, and talked about how that even though he's only 18 years old that he's physically ready to be able to play in, in the SEC with the size that he has weighs 240 pounds the way that he the way that he runs and then again just really a uh, top-notch type kid so I think with with thrower and, and Trevin Wallace John Summerall went down into Georgia and got two really big-time linebackers for Kentucky. It's kind of interesting the way they ended up with throwers that John was down there the year before trying to recruit a teammate that ended up going, I can't remember if went to Georgia or Auburn, ended up going to another SEC school. 
but when he was there, just kind of discovered Martez because he's not a guy that's on social media, not a guy that really goes to camps and that type thing a lot. So he kind of discovered that, hey, oh, I think I should have been here looking at him all along and kind of shifted more of his recruiting focus to him than his teammate anyway. So I think John really went in there and, and stole a really, really good player for Kentucky. And then you uh, had a story about talking to the Georgia State defensive coordinator about uh, Mark Stoops' new hire for his secondary. Yeah, that was really took a lot of good research on my part since I've known Nate Fuquay for, for years. He was actually <laughs> playing high school football with, with my son one year. He was a few years ahead of him. But Nathan, who uh, was an All-State lineman here, then an All-American defensive lineman at Wofford, is a coordinator down there. And he said he knew it was just a matter of time before Chris Collins got gobbled up by a, a big-time program because he said he just was a rising star. And, and Nathan had actually tried to recruit him to Wofford when he was at, uh, or, yeah, when when college was a high school player, he got out recruited by Steve Klinkscale, uh, ironically, who got to college to come play for him. But Nate just talks about what a great communicator he is on and off the field and how kids just really kind of gravitate to him and, and listen to him. But then Nathan also was telling me what a terrific – the terrific recruiter he is and what good recruiting ties he has in his home state of North Carolina, along with Georgia and South Florida. So I would think that's something that Kentucky certainly hopes to take advantage of. And uh, you can follow Larry and see those stories at vaultsviews.com and yoursportsedge.com. And if you follow him on Twitter, at Views, you saw some uh, fun clips from a football camp in Somerset last weekend where Lynn Bowden was one of the guest instructors. Yeah, came back for the second straight year, and they and they had about 115 kids at the Somerset uh, football league camp, and it's really well done. He he was great with the kids. He was actually there the day before at the hospital there, helping promote COVID shots. So Lynn's kind of found a, a little following, a little place he likes down there, and is is really really good. But he he was terrific going through the stations with the kids and just interacting with them and, and talking to them and, and kind of just playing around with them. And, and that's a setting he really liked. I think there were three media members there he talked to us for about 10 minutes it was, it was really good because it always he the smaller settings he's always really good and his personality shows more than in the big mass media settings but he, he just really wanted to go out and just kind of play around with the kids take pictures with them and all like that and they all really really enjoyed my grandson was there and all he could talk about was, was lynn bowden so it was a really worthwhile night and those folks at somerset do a terrific job larry thank you much all right tom Dave Baker next on the Leach Report. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. Coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio here in Lexington. It's the second half of the Leach Report. Yesterday we had uh, Kano Agara on from Saturday Down South talking about his story that makes the case that Tim Couch is long overdue to be in the College Football Hall of Fame. Well, see some news here. Tweet from the KHSAA that uh, Tim is going to be the 10th individual from Kentucky to be inducted into the National Federation of State High School Association's National High School Hall of Fame. This will happen uh, next Friday down at uh, Disney in Orlando. 
and he joins former athletes like Cliff Hagen, Paul Horning, and Jerry Grigsby that are in there. Coach uh, S.T. Roach, Garnus Martin, William Keene, uh, they're in there as well. Lewis Stout's in as a contributor, so he's in some uh, great company. And I would imagine our next guest is a uh, real happy to hear that news. Right, Dave Baker? Absolutely. I mean, I just got that uh, email from Joe Angoli as well. And it's a... Uh, nice thing for tim we hope thing works out uh, everything works out on the on the ballot it's a it's a nice thing for him this year he was one of the he was one of the folks that uh, got covid and had a little back surgery during all this and on the men now and so that's uh, I, I think it's well deserved and for anybody that saw any of those games and saw that year when he came to central kentucky in that first game when they played oh. highlands over tate's creek in that bowl game it was it was electrifying People were in a, in a basketball. Had it been a basketball game, they would have said they were hanging from the rafters. I'm not sure what the analogy is in football, but they were everywhere. I think we did we did oh, that game yeah, on radio. Were, I mean, they were deep on the sidelines and everything. <laughs> and, and and then the thing about it, the anticipation was so much. And you and I have seen a lot of these things where the hype doesn't live up to the game. The game the game exceeded oh, the hype. It was unbelievable. Incredible, incredible. Um, you. Uh, uh, follow the political landscape uh, a little bit. Did you ever think there was uh, anything that could get the Supreme Court to go nine zero on something? I love that. I said that on the air to Bill Bryant last night. I thought he was going to have a corner. I mean, <laughs> they, they don't. They can't agree nine zero on lunch or what time? Or puppies in a bathroom break, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I saw I saw something in the Athletic this morning. It's like it's like it's like Justice Gorsuch not only beat the NCA, he run ruled him or something like that. I mean, it, it's just. You know, if they can't get this thing fixed, I, I, I mean, I'd love to have the kind of job that, that Mark Emmert does. Oh my where, goodness! Where you can just go, you can just go begging everybody else to to fix your own problem, but it, it's a problem they're going to have to address now, and it, and it's really going to be a problem here in the state, Tom, because unless they come up with federal legislation, which probably is not going to happen that quickly, you know, there are those seven states that have regulations now and have uh, have something set up in order to do this. And, and Kentucky doesn't. And at some point in time, that's got to affect uh, recruiting for U.K. and Louisville and others. I saw a story at SI.com. Um, I think it was Ross Dellinger who's been uh, on this that yep. um, talked about there's a group of conference commissioners, of which Greg Sankey is one, that they've that's put right. forth a proposal that is apparently going to get looked at in the next couple of days at this D1 council meeting. Um to uh, it would it would be much less restrictive than the one that the NCAA had kind of tabled back in January and was expected to be voted on maybe this week. So now they want to look at this proposal, but there is a uh, according to the story provision that they could meet again next week and perhaps vote on something. You would think there's going to be a push to 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 vote on something to get some kind of uniformity, right? Well, I mean anybody that's anybody that's in those states. That, that, that already has legislation in place and their recruiting has got an advantage on the, on the states that don't. And I mean, here's, here's the thing, you know, it's like we had people ask us like, you know, how do you guys feel about, about sharing the NCAA tournament with, uh, with, 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 uh, with Turner? And it's like, you know, 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing. And, you know, the NCA has found that out through the college football playoff, which they are now out of. And so Sankey and those other Power Five commissioners, you know, they could choose to to go their own uh, on uh, name, image, and likeness. And and you know, if if Emmert doesn't, Emmert wants to hop on the train 
He just doesn't want to do the heavy lifting to figure out, you know, how much the price is going to be. And so this is going to happen. And, you know, how it affects things, I think it's going to be the Wild West for several years until it shakes itself out. But um, it, it's coming. There's no question it's coming. You um, work in, in addition to all your stuff, you work in the sales area. I'm just wondering, I haven't heard any figure thrown out much that there's much credence in as to what we think athletes could ultimately get. Do you know if there's any kind of feeling of any consensus out there? Would it be 10000 Would it be 100000 You know, here's the thing, Tom. I, I think it's just how it relates to whatever pond you're currently swimming in. Uh, as you know, and other people know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm friends with the Kennard family and helped Luke get, uh, get set up with, uh, with his agent, uh, Aaron Mintz, uh, from out at CAA. And Aaron is the agent, uh, not only for Luke, but he's got Julius Randall and he's got Paul George and others. And so I called him up a couple of weeks ago, you know, to ask about this stuff. And at least as far as their research goes, he thinks at the very top of college basketball, there might be like one percent of players uh, that 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 are affected by that, uh, but 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 it's interesting. Down at let, let's say it's a level right here. Let's say, uh, for instance, people have marketing decisions uh, right now. They can choose to go with Show X, or they can choose to invest their dollars on the Leach Report. Right. So right. let's say you want that UK connection, uh, or you know, yeah, let's just say the UK connection, and you are Bank X. You could enter into some sort of deal or something and be like the official bank, or you know you could choose to go ahead and uh, do an endorsement deal with a player. And and certainly there will be some guys. I mean, I'm just thinking out loud. We talked about Tim Couch. He would have been ultra marketable in a market like this. Uh, A guy like Lorenzen or Cash Daniel or uh, any number of of basketball players. But the question is, are you going to do something like that? Uh, or, or are you going to go with, you know, like the official brands that have the ability to deliver things like tickets and things like that? So you'll not only have that at the at, at, at the upper level, but then, you know, you get down to like the EKU level or something like that. I mean, that could really move the needle for them in recruiting if, if they've got some alumni and things that can set up some deals for them. I, I mean, I don't know, you know, if you're a one-and-done basketball player, I don't know. How much can you make in a year? I think the big money is going to come uh, these guys that uh, open doors, these two Nebraska football players that have got things in place. I think the big money is going to come from social media. You know, it's just people paying for clicks. And if those guys have got a social media presence, like, like say, Tyler Hero had the social media presence when he was here that he's got now, he could make a substantial amount of money. But I, I think it's just people – trying to find their landing place between, like, traditional commercials and endorsements. And I, 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 just, I just don't know who governs all that stuff, you know? I, yeah. I mean, if you're, if, if you're a business guy, I mean, like, for instance, in the media, you know, we go through, and, and, and we're a little closer because we do things for the network, but still, you go through the, pr- quote, proper channels, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the university is probably not going to administer this. They're going to have somebody administer it for them. So who do you call? to see what Ty Ty Washington's rate is. <laughs> you know, and you and I go out and close deals, you know, like we were talking about, you know, but we go out and we talk to the advertiser and what do you get for this and what do you get for that? I just can't see having that meeting with Ty Ty Washington or, or somebody like that. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, and you look at last year. I mean, there's going to be, you know, colder, harder business decisions being made in this brave new world um, that, you know, for a long time, everybody that came in, it worked out great for Kentucky basketball. All of a sudden, you know, B.J. Boston was the highest-ranked player, and it didn't work out so well. So, you know, would that have been money well spent, and will you be more cautious the next time? And, and if somebody transfers. You know, yeah. what, what does the what, what does the contract look like? And I, I mean, it's just I, I understand it. I get it. But but it's also going to circulate down uh, to other sports as well. I mean, to this point in time, athletes haven't been able uh, to uh, advertise what it is that they do. Uh, but let's say now you could have somebody, uh, a Nick Mingione or Dan McDonald or Rachel Lawson, uh, you know, somebody uh, in those sports. You know, if there's somebody that's got like some hitting facility or something, those folks could get out there and say, hey, you can come to hit and pitch with us. And then that way they can generate some more revenue, which will really be big. I think it'll really be big in those sports, you know, like baseball. What do they have now, Tom? 12 or 13 scholarships? I think it was some of this with Larry. I think it may be slightly under 12, but I'm, I'm not sure. But it's not, not the whole yeah. team, obviously. But those coaches can divide them up any way mm-hmm. they want. They can give a full or a half or whatever. So if you're able to generate some revenue for guys like that, that could that could be a, a real needle mover. So it's, well, uh, it used to be that was a big deal until assistant salaries got bigger. You know, that was a big deal for yeah. um, uh, camps where I, I remember yeah. inter- interviewing for a sports information job many years ago, where part of the extra income would be from camps. I remember one of the first things that uh, when Leach was on uh, uh, Hal Mummy staff, you know, he did one of those videos and was and was making money with it. And I think uh, Tony Franklin actually started doing his system stuff and still does that, you know. And and like you said, that was imperative, uh, and that was part of attracting really good assistance before the salaries got to be what they are. So I, I, I think I think every day we're going to be hearing something like, oh, I didn't think about this. Oh, I didn't think about this. And, and then, you know, what products are you going to be able to endorse and not endorse? I mean, do you want a college athlete? And, and the court is ruled, even though you're a university, you may not want them endorsing CBD, right? Or FanDuel or BetRivers.com. Right. <laughs> what, what about in states where edible marijuana is legal yeah or in uh in in missouri where anheuser-busch has such a big footprint right i mean i'm i just don't know it's going to be fascinating to watch quick break here with more with dave baker we come right back it's the leach report radio network It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Back with Dave Baker from WKYT, the UK Network, and you uh, referenced uh, Luke Kennard earlier. You know, when he was at Duke, had these uh, laws that are coming been in place, he could have gotten, say, a tractor endorsement from Franklin, Ohio, right? Oh, my gosh. What about that? I, I still, I, I, you know, and I communicate with him often. I mean, he signed for, what, $60 million. Can you imagine how much more if he – I still believe, and, and I say this, going down in history as the worst recruiter in the history of U.K. basketball. If he had been here, that team would have won a national championship. I, I believe that firmly. And he would be making Devin Booker right now. Not that $64 million's bad, <laughs> but, but he'd be making Devin Booker 
funny right now. Now, that, what you're referencing is this guy Mark Wicker in the uh, one of the newspapers out there in California after he had that big game in the last series said Luke Kennard was playing the way he used to when people would line their tractors up outside <laughs> of Franklin High School to see him play like tractors. We got, we got a bunch of factories up there. We got paper mills. We ain't got no tractors. <laughs> uh, I got a kick out of that because um, uh, I've uh, from our from our high school days, we uh, spent a little time in yeah. in uh, the Franklin area. I didn't that's, see an abundance of tractors. It ain't no, it ain't no tractors. <laughs> <laughs> there are tractors in Bourbon County, but not that's right. That's right. Um, oh. Dave and I played in a uh, series. Our high school baseball coaches got the, were uh, fraternity brothers at Georgetown College, and they got this series started back in 1976. I think they were actually EK. Were they at Georgetown or EKU? I, I thought it was at Georgetown, EKU. but uh, Maybe it's, uh, heck, I can't they were remember. fraternity brothers. Yeah. Yes, and uh, started the series where one year Franklin would come down and play uh, the teams Bourbon County, Paris, Harrison County, and then the next year, Bourbon County would go up and play teams, play Franklin and other teams in that area, Springboro yeah. and Dayton teams, and etc. Yeah. And uh, players would stay with the player from another. You'd take a player home from the visiting team, uh, and uh, just the luck of the draw. I got Dave Baker my first year of this series. That's right. That's right. I, I mean, my folks are from down here in Eastern Kentucky, but that was that was the first night that I ever stayed with anybody in kentucky other than my relatives was at your house <laughs> and uh, as if i recall somebody ran through uh, drove through the fence in the front of the farm at the like, six o'clock in the morning and we were chasing cattle off the road this, at was, six. this, this was the day we played friday night we had yes. like two or three games on saturday and your dad comes in at six in the morning and says boys we got some cattle out <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> get up and get, get moving <laughs> oh fun times um Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So much simpler. Yes. Yes. It was. It's uh, there was no uh, name, image, and likeness on the on the uh, farm or in the factories in Franklin. <laughs> That's exactly right. Cattle were sold based on their breeding. Anyway, yeah. uh, quick thought on the college football playoff expansion. They jumped right past eight and going to twelve. Apparently. Yeah, I mean it's it's all TV related. Again, it's all money related. That, that's an excellent segue into what we're talking about because that's money that Mark Emmert ain't get. <laughs> you know that that college football playoff was put together outside the purview of the NCA, and those guys have got the got the product that everybody wants, and uh, you know the ratings for those games last year, uh, you know, proved to be really good. And I understand what they tried to do to. Uh, kind of preserve the bowl system and they'll continue to try to do that. But I mean, you know, you know, football is just an incredibly attractive sport right now. And with what happened during the pandemic, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this fall, I think, Tom, and see how in-person attendance is because everybody fixed up their man caves or their outdoor watching areas or whatever, and, uh, you know, went out got the new speakers and the new TVs and everything and and it, it, it's 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 a game that translates well maybe in some cases better to TV you know people talk about golf and even with HD they say well uh, you really can't appreciate it unless you're there same thing with hockey but football is just the opposite so the more football that's there the more eyeballs are there and so you you've had the NFL expand and now you've got uh, you've got college football uh, expanding and uh, everybody's just going to have more of the pie to share. 
more you know it's i think with with football there's still a great appeal for the big game to be there and to tailgate and etc but uh for the you know average run of the mill game that's where the challenge comes in well and then the other thing too is you set up those big games and and, and listen i'm not banging on anybody but you know the sec is in a much better shape than some other conferences because their uh broadcast network is more mature but like for but what also happens though is that sometimes the product gets watered down so much like i was looking at the schedule the other day third week of the season okay you've got kentucky and texas a&m whose games whose football games are only going to be streamed now now that that's kind of eye popping that there is so much football in that third week of the season that two teams that have played really well, that have got really good fan bases, that their games are only going to be on the linear platform. The linear platform, which I work on a lot, has been great for sports uh, like uh, like baseball and softball and soccer and the Olympic sports. But, uh, you know, I, I just never thought I'd see two SEC football games on the linear platform on the same day. Dave Baker, thank you much for the time. Let you Tom, back to thank work. you. One quick thing. Think yes. about this. Cash Daniel in front of the camera saying, your dream of being a professional wrestler can now come true with the Shannon the Dude Wrestling School. <laughs> you like this. There you go. I think it's hey, it, buddy, there, there's day. something there. <laughs> we'll wrap it up <laughs> in just you, a buddy. minute. I'm Elite Trooper. One Wildcat birthday today, former Kentucky linebacker Micah Johnson. Happy birthday to him. Bam Adebayo, Devin Booker, both committed to play for Team USA at the Olympics this summer in Tokyo. Isaiah Jackson has pulled out of the NBA Combine. Usually this kind of thing happens because a player has a commitment from a team to take him in the first round. Uh, On the recruiting front, uh, 24-7 sports reporting that U.K. commit Keontae Goodwin took an unofficial visit to Michigan State, so maybe something to keep an eye on there, although he is committed to Kentucky and is, uh, I think was at a camp recently as well. See you tomorrow on the Leach Report. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show, and be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to